first of all, I got, I got to update my fantasy football uh, team name. You see my team name here, Doctor Jekyll and. Mike High. Right. Well, it was, it's tough because I can't actually draft you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I like to get a Packer involved in, in my team name. Last year I was Coon on the Cobb, but yeah, yeah. Uh, John's on a different team right now, so I kind of had to blow that up. Yeah, yeah. So you're not scoring me a lot of points. I, 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 yeah, man. I'm sorry. I wish I could. I, wish I, could. I need you returning punts again, is I what know. I need. I know, right? Do you miss that, by the way? I, you know, you kind of got thrust into it. You yeah. had success. I remember in 93 yards, you took yeah. it to the house against Minnesota. And it, it always seems to be shifting the, the return duties. Yeah. I think that um, obviously I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. Uh, I don't think it's you know by any means over with. It's just uh, you know we uh, we're kind of taking a, a different route and um, you know whether if it's uh, Trev back there, me back there, you know wh- whoever else is back there, then um, you know we're back to trying to make plays and and Zook understands that and you know at the end of the day it's the coach's decision and um, you know we'll play accordingly. I call you defensive back, Micah Hyde. Early in your career, I called you a cornerback. Yeah. Now I call you kind of a safety. But I, what are you? I don't know what I am. <laughs> what does it say in the program? I, I don't even know. I think it says. I, I think someone told me it says DB. Okay. Um, so they kind of got the whole spectrum of it all, which is, they might as well just say football player, yeah, yeah, right? Which is, which is smart, but yeah, it needs to just be football player. Because, <laughs> um, that's that's what I am. That's what I try to do, and and uh, yeah, just go from there. Let's uh, go back to high school days, right? So you grew up in Ohio. Yep. Uh, your brother was a standout athlete as well yes, from Fostoria. Yep. Uh, so he got away from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He ended up at Michigan State. You got away from Ohio State yeah. in Iowa. So did, did they miss out on you guys and not recruit you? What well, this, was the situation? This is the, thing, this is the thing with, you know, obviously Ohio State's doing you know pretty well. They're, they're a very good football program. Everybody in Ohio is, you know, a diehard Buckeye fan. And, and uh, growing up, you know, I'm, I'm two, about an hour 45 from Columbus, and I'm an hour and – uh, maybe an hour and a half from Ann Arbor, so I'm kind of closer to Ann Arbor, which is Michigan. But so I, I, I grew up in that rivalry, you know. So um, being in Ohio, I wanted to be Ohio State Buckeye, and uh, you know I went down there for the junior day, got no attention. Um, you know, most of their class was already, you know, the the uh, recruiting class was already settled in and stuff. So. I just didn't get uh, that much attention. All, same thing to my brother. You know, didn't get that much attention, and um, we decided to take our talents elsewhere. Did Wisconsin ever recruit you? No, not not me. No, my brother took a, um, took a visit there. And actually, I remember um, this was back. Oh man, it might have been 05. It was Barry Alvarez's last last game, last home game, or last um, game as a coach, and um, which he ended up coaching the Rose Bowl later on a few right. years ago. But you know, his official last game um, it was against Iowa, and Iowa upsetted them. And uh, I was at that game with my brother, my brother's recruiting trip, and I remember thinking to myself, "Oh my gosh, this this Wisconsin place is wild, like, <laughs> jiggling the keys and, and you know the, the the jump around all that stuff." It was. It was pretty awesome, but no, I never, I never personally got recruited by Wisconsin. No, were you on? You were on the sidelines of the Iowa. Did you ever get into the jump around? What was the, what was the talk from the coaches? You either get into it, and and you show, shove it back at the Wisconsin fans, yeah. or you, you're silent. You do nothing. Uh, you mean as far as playing against Wisconsin? Yeah, exactly. So when you're at Camp yeah. Randall, jump yeah. arounds going on. Yeah. What are you doing on the sidelines? The one time I played at Camp Randall was my freshman year. Um, and it was our Orange Bowl year, so we were a pretty good football team, and it was pretty much over, you know, by by the time it was playing. So, it, you know, coach told us about it, what was going to happen, and so it, it, it came on. We were, you know, we were excited because we were winning the game, it was you know pretty handily. So, um, yeah, it, it, I guess it wasn't um, wasn't that crazy for us because we, you know, we were pretty we were winning by uh, uh, a pretty good margin. 
don't you feel like Iowa's playing for too many trophies? I mean, every week, yeah. there's a new, right? You're winning a pig, you're winning some kind of barrel. Yeah. I, well, I don't know what's going on, but I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually, you know, you have a one or two trophy games a, a season. I think the Iowa State one, obviously, in-state rival. That's that's deserving of the uh, the Cyhawk. Um, you got the Heartland between Wisconsin. Uh, you got the the Fort Rosedale with Minnesota, and now you got the um, uh, what is it? Nebraska, the Nebraska trophy. Game. Oh, they created a trophy for that too. Yeah, yeah. It, might, it might be like a high V, something like high V, something <laughs> sponsored. I don't know. So it's yeah. I mean, to me, I don't really see Nebraska as a rival just because I, you know, we didn't start playing them to my junior year. So you know, we played a couple games against them. They try to make it, you know, rival, 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 and it just never set in. Um, Wisconsin and Minnesota, you know, Big Ten rivals, it feels that way. But uh, you know. Four four trophy games in one season. Um, you know we enjoy it. We like to get all four of them, but at the same time, you know there's one or two of them that are you know significant. You had a really interesting dynamic playing in college because you had a chance to play against your brother. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I need to remind you. You won both games. I did. Iowa I was fifteen thirteen your freshman year. It was a yeah. blowout. Your yeah. sophomore year thirty seven six. Yeah. You guys played similar positions, mm-hmm. but did you ever run into each other we on did. the field? We did. Um, I was on. I was on kickoff and he was on kickoff return, and uh, we were running down to play. You know, I didn't make the tackle; I was on the other side of the field. But I came running in, you know, try to uh, try to um, just get in on the pile, and he was standing right there. So I pushed him a little bit, <laughs> and I pushed him in his back, and he turned around real quick. You know, like who, who who's pushing me? And so he turns around and saw it was me, and he just shook his head like, uh, uh-uh. like pretty much you don't want no parts. And you know, at, at that time he was he was two oh five, and I was probably one. Man, one seventy eight soaking wet. <laughs> right. So you know he's always been he's that bigger. Oh, he's always been that bigger, more more filler guy. Then so you know it was just funny that I pushed him and he he turned around. It, obviously, I wasn't gonna be able to do anything. He would just he would just slam me. But uh, yeah, nothing was gonna happen. So you get done with the games, you win both of them. What would you just run off the field together and go say hi to mom and dad? Or what well, the, the first one was crazy because that was the um, we were at Michigan State. That was our, our my freshman year, our Orange Boy year, and. Um, you know, we scored on the very last play from Stanzi to McNutt on that, that slant route, which, you know, was, was crazy. So we we all ran out on the field. I, I tried to talk to him after the game. And he, you know, he was – at that time, he was he was a starter, you know what I'm saying? So he played a significant amount in the game. So he was hurt. You know, he's like, damn, we lost the game. Blah, blah. After the game, I, all our family, friends were outside. And, uh, you know, we're taking pictures and, and hugging. He didn't have much to say, which I wouldn't have either if I was him. And then the next year, um, it was at Iowa City. They were ranked fifth or sixth in the nation. And you already said the score was like 30-something to like, I don't even know. Yeah, 30, uh, 37-6. 37-6. And I, um, that was the game. Tyler Sash had a uh, interception pitched to me, and I took it back to the house. So pretty huge play in the game. And, and we beat them pretty handily. And, you know, I'm the little brother, so after the game, <laughs> yeah, Marcus didn't have nothing to do with it. <laughs> after that one, yeah. Uh, I want to go back to draft day. Um, you were a fifth-round selection yeah. for the Packers. Yep. Uh, looking back on draft notes, uh, you, you were targeted as a mid-to-late-round selection. Yeah. I'm going to read you what scouts had to say about about you being drafted in the fifth round by the Packers. These yeah. are anonymous scouts, as written in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel two days after the draft. Yeah. Yeah. One scout said he has to be a safety. Another scout said it ain't happening. Another scout said no, no. A final scout said, I'd take him on my team sixth or seventh round. 
What does that mean to you? It's uh, you know that's that's been my um, my career. Uh, you know, coming out of uh, actually being in high school, coming out of high school, and, and you know going to the, or to, to college, it's kind of been that same um, mentality for myself as far as you know. Yeah, I've always had people that are kind of saying those type of things, and I but I know what type of football player I am. I, I know at the end of the day I can get the job done and. Um, you know, obviously coming into the NFL is the same way. So all that stuff didn't bother me. Yeah, they were saying mid to late round uh, pick. But at the end of the day, there's plenty of guys, um, DB-wise, that went in front of me that aren't even playing to this day. And, and um, I, think I'd, I think I'd be lying if I didn't say, you know, that, that gives me pride just because um, I, I knew my abilities coming out. I knew what I could do. And, you know, having these having these guys say stuff like that just, you know, fuel, fuel to the fire and, um, to this day, there's still stuff being said and, and what I can and can't do. So, um, you know, it's cool. I'll still go out there and perform, and, and um, those will keep coming. Did you see those comments or read those comments after the draft, shortly after the draft? I think, I think um, you know, guys all the time say that, you know, they didn't, they didn't listen to this, they didn't listen to that. But it's the day and age that we live in, uh, you know, the social media and stuff like that, you're, you're going to see it. If you have a Twitter account, if you have an Instagram account, if you have – um, you know anything? You're, you're going to see stuff like that. People say stuff that like, like that all the time on your on your account. So um, I think I'd be lying if I said I didn't see it. But did it get to me? No. Um, you know, my agent at the same time was saying we'd have our our, uh, our draft talks, and he would say, "Yeah, mid to late round, mid to late round." And I'm like, really? Like I've seen this. You know, I've, I've seen this guy play. You know, the second round pick that that's that's going to get picked up and. I've seen him play, and I feel like I'm better than him. But at the at the end of the day, it's it's about what other people see in you, and um, you know, once you get that opportunity, you got to make the most of it. I want to bring up a date. Tell me what you remember about this date. Ooh. You were in the NFL. I'll give you a little bit of a hint. Okay, January fifth, two thousand fourteen. Ah, two thousand fourteen. That was the second season. Well, it was your Field. first year, but it was a playoff year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, San, it, Fran, San Fran. Spilled over into the yeah, new San, year. Yeah, San Fran. Um, that would have been our, our uh, home playoff game against San Francisco. What do you remember about that game? Oh, man, the uh, the last drive by San Fran. Um, freezing. Uh, you know, going up, trying to catch that ball, and it just, uh, just slipped out my fingertips. So you had a chance to make an interception. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ended up being a game-winning drive by San Francisco. It was Correct. early in the drive. Correct. Colin Kaepernick just uh, thrown an out route, yep. I think, to Anquan Bolden. Exactly. You stepped in front. It wasn't an easy grab, yeah. right? You had to stretch out for it. But, yeah. Mike, I remember talking to you uh, a day or two after that game when everybody was clearing out their locker, yeah. and you looked like your heart was still on the floor. Yeah. I mean, still to this day, when I – obviously, I didn't know the date off the top of my head, but thinking about that play, it, it, it it's uh, – it's painful just because I I personally always felt like I, you know, when, it, when it's clutch time, time to make a play, I take pride in that. And I take whether it was last shot of the basketball game in high school or um, football, fourth and one on the goal line, like we have a score. I've, I've always felt like, you know, give me the ball or, you know, I want to make a play. And I still had that same mentality, but it just slipped out my fingertips. And, and to this day, it's still – um, you know, you hear people say all the time, you know, that would have wrote your, that would have put you down the history books, and you know, this and that, blah blah blah. I mean, I, under, I understand. Uh, you know, it was a, uh, it was a difficult play, and it, it, it kind of gets me sometimes when people say you should have made it. But it, I mean, I feel like I have 
I think I said to you guys that day, I have, I feel like I have some of the best hands, you know, whether on this team, whatever it may be. And, you know, I just, I just let one go. So, um, to this day, it's still a little painful. It's, uh, Unfortunately, it, it's been kind of a, a repeat story here is, is heartbreak in the playoffs. And yeah. you've been on the on side of some great wins as well. Yeah. But I, it's got to get under guys' skin, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, people talk about sense of urgency. And, boy, we, we all this talent, we got to be able to cash in our yeah. opportunities in the playoffs. It, just the feeling in the locker room after each one of those heartbreaking losses that you've been a part of, is it the same? Is it different? Does it fuel the fire to get back on the field the next year just can you categorize it at all um i the more and more that i'm a part of this team and in this league it just gets more and more difficult because you you know we've been in position to still make it to that big game um yeah obviously what happened in seattle that was the most painful loss i've ever been a part of you know just because you know as a kid you dream about going to the super bowl and you know we're two minutes away if it's from from being there, and it, it's so tough to uh, to let that one slip. You know, as a team, we just we just let that one go. So each year, you see how hard it is to make it, and how hard it is to make it. So finally, when you get to that point um, in the playoffs, and you lose another heartbreaking loss. It's it's uh, it's tough. Let's step away from football a second. We'll get back and talk about the Atlanta game a little bit here too, and kind of recap what happened against the Bears, but. Growing up in Ohio, you had your brother who was a little bit older than you. Yeah. Uh, what was the family dynamic like in the Hyde household? Uh, well, single parent. My mom raised us. Um, you know, it was, we we just was always outside. We were we were always outside. You know, playing in the in the streets. A false story. We had our you know we had our friends we grew up with. Um, all you know, really good athletes to to come to a false story. Uh, and so we were always outside playing. I think my mom had me in soccer, football, basketball, baseball. Um, I remember going to gymnastics one time because my mom, you know, didn't have a babysitter for me, and so she just said, "Just go with making the gymnastics." So I went with her to that. <laughs> we were always outside um, making making up games. Like we just would make up games in the yard for no reason, uh, you know, with our friends. And I, I think we got our, our Xbox for Christmas one year. It, we played it probably. Probably on Christmas, and after that, we were at the park sledding. We didn't care about the Xbox anymore. It, somehow, it got broke, so we just we didn't care. Um, so that was pretty much our, you know, as as a kid growing up, we had um, tons of support. You know, I I don't know how my mom did it um, in actuality because you know she had uh, three kids. She had four kids, but three of us, you know, were at, at the age to where we were playing sports. My little sister, she's seven years younger than me. I'm the, I'm the youngest. I was, um, he goes, Marcus, Megan, and myself. And then my little sister, Jada, she's seven years younger than me. So she's a baby at the time. So my mom's tending to her most of the time. And, you know, we could have did without the, the, uh, our friends, parents helping us out. I can name, I can name 10 dads that would, you know, pick me up, take me to this sporting event, take me to Kentucky, take me to, Illinois, you know, just all around the place, all over, just for AU basketball, baseball, all that stuff. So, uh, my brother was the same way. My sister was in the sports when she was little, also. So, um, that was the uh, the Hyde household. Did you lack a father figure growing up? Um, see, I, I would say that my my dad wasn't there, but like I said, my friends my friends' parents were like were always there. Um, we had plenty of people, you know, the father figure to. Uh, 
to you know teach us the 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 fatherly ways you could say and so I, I don't i never really like looking back i never really thought we lacked that but um our biological father yes wasn't really wasn't really around was it separation or, or divorce early on? You'd divorce early on, yes. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Do you have a relationship with your father right now? Um, even to this day, it's kind of it's here and there. Um, you know, I'll I'll say stuff to him. He'll he'll call me up, ask me how I'm doing. Um, but it's not like every day, once a week thing. It's just you know checking in, see how you're doing, type stuff. I suppose it made it even that much more important to have an older brother. Yeah, for sure. Like. Growing up, that's that's what I wanted to be. Uh, you know, Marcus was my was my hero, and whatever he did, I wanted to do. Um, yeah, I, I that's that was literally my hero. He would join football. I wanted to play football. He would play basketball for this team. I don't want to play basketball for that, for that team. So, yeah, that was uh, that was our relationship growing up. So it seems like uh, I kind of felt this early on. You're a pretty well rounded athlete. I feel like if if anybody's going to be out here playing a sport, if it's going to be ping pong, if it's going to be hoops oh, yeah. or whatever. I'll take Micah, yeah. right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if you can do the 360 dunk like Devontae <laughs> no, can, no, no, but no, no. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, you just seem well-rounded from golf to hoops to baseball. I mean, that was that was your life growing up. I mean, that, like, like I said, that was us. Um, I can remember going into my friend's garage and taking out all his dad's golf balls and golf clubs and just hitting them to the, the cornfields. Um, we, like I said, we would make up games. We would, we'd go sledding and we would make up games, like throw the ball down the, down the hill and, you know, one, two, three, jump on our sleds and whoever got to it first, you know, get the ball and you got to run up and we're tackling each other, trying to get up, the, like just stuff like that. Like we, we thought it was, we thought it was so fun back in the day, but looking back, like it was so crazy. Like, why would we do that? But you know, it, it helped me to this day as far as playing basketball. You know, being a being a corner, you know, having to you know defensively shuffle, shuffle side to side. Um, baseball, I feel so comfortable when the ball's in the air. You know, when the football's in the air because of baseball. You know, the the ball's hit so high up in the air. You know, you, just, you just relax. You find the sun, which was hard in Jacksonville. But you you, <laughs> you find the sun. You try to um, just stay calm while the ball's in the air, and then. Uh, obviously, you got your football that I've been playing since a little kid, and then soccer, you know, your footwork. So I think that all that stuff that I did in the past kind of ties into where I am now, and it makes me, you know, uh, like you say, kind of a complete um, athlete, I guess. Yeah, random question here. Your middle name is Richmond. Yeah. Where'd that come from? Uh, my dad. My dad's middle name is Richmond. Also. Okay. Yeah. Oh, his middle name is yeah, Richmond, name, not his yeah. first name. Yeah. yeah okay. Name, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so you guys are working off a, a kind of an interesting schedule here. You have, a, have had an extended break yeah. of sorts and uh, after the Bears game. Playing on that Thursday night, and, and I've watched Thursday night games throughout the season. Mm-hmm. They usually start off pretty good, right? Everybody's healthy early on, right? The first game is usually a uh, – it's the Super Bowl matchup from the year prior. Yeah. Uh, the second game, people are still pretty healthy, and then it seems to just kind of drop yeah. off. Uh, you are not on the injury report, but how did you feel going into that game against Chicago, having played just four days before? Oh, honestly, Terrible. It's terrible. You know, the Thursday night games are, are good for um, – it's, it, it's good for the NFL. You know, there's more games on different days. It's, it's it's good, but at the same time, you know, we talk about player safety and all that. That's the last thing we should be doing is playing on Thursday. You know, you don't get your body back until Thursday morning. And, you know, it's just – it's tough. Um, it's hard on the coaches also because they got a, they got a game plan and they got a, you know, practice schedule. They got to do all this stuff. To how we feel, and it's a you know a Sunday to Sunday game week is already tough, and now it's Sunday to, to Thursday, no days off. Um, trying to get a practice in, trying to get recovery, 
You know, it's it's uh, it's nonsense. Is it is it worth it on the other side to have that extended break, or is it not yet? Is it not really that worth it to play in that compressed of a time period? I would I would say that I don't enjoy it. You know, the the weekend that we can get off afterwards. You know, coach does a good job making a mini buy for us, which he's done. You know, in the last couple seasons, but. It's just so it's so tough on the front end, and um, you know some people may say you know the Thursday night injuries aren't as much as Sunday injuries, but it's because you know the guys aren't going to push the guys that are hurt from the week before. They're not going to push it to get, to make those Thursday games. That's why they're not playing. There's not as many injuries. So um, that's that's my argument for it. And I just I just don't feel uh, I'm not you know I'm not hard set on those Thursday night games. You know, I think it's starting to affect viewing as well. If you look at ratings for primetime football, they're going down. Uh, and a variety of reasons for it, right? It's an election year. Okay, that's going to take some eyes away from it. There's just more programming. Yeah. Uh, games are pretty late, right? So if you yeah. if you want to stay up till 11 o'clock and watch football, you can do it, but not everybody can make it that far. Yeah. And I did a, a topic on this earlier in the week on, on my show. And uh, for all the reasons you mentioned, it, it, it's kind of a it, – it's not as great of a product, right? Game planning. You just don't have as much time to prepare. Yeah, yeah. Guys are beat up, right? Uh, it's just not terribly compelling, even though they're division matchups, yeah. right? I mean, they, they, the NFL has tried to make it a little more juicy, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's yeah. it's not the same. Exactly. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's tough on the players, tough on the coaches. Um but you know it's on the schedule. You got to go out there. The other teams doing the same thing, so you can, it's not like there's an advantage one way or the next. So uh, it's it's tough though. In kind of a, a global discussion here um, with the way that the national anthem has been treated uh, throughout this season. There's been more focus. There have been more times where I've seen the national anthem played on a television broadcast yeah. because of what some players are choosing to do. Uh, was there any discussion ever in the Packers locker room among players, or was it? Did it come from Coach McCarthy? On here's what we're going to do. Yeah. How do how was that all handled as other teams were kind of doing their own thing? Well, I think that you know um, people got to understand, like you know, guys in the NFL, they're 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 grown men. You know, the, obviously you come in at you know 21, 22. You know, you may say those guys are young, but these guys in the league that are around 30. You know, grown men, kids, families, whatever. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna do what they want to do. Um, and you know, I I personally didn't really um, consider to to kneel and all that stuff just because there's a lot of backlash you have to deal with, you know, something like that. But I think it's just you got to be informed. Um, you know, I I like to think of myself being you know knowledgeable guy and stuff like that. But I don't think I'm even as informed with the situations that are going on to even. Um, partake in something like that. So that's just my individual belief. And I think Coach does a good job of leaving up to guys. If they, you know, if, if you want to do something like that, that's that's up to you. you just got to understand, you know, the uh, the backlash that you're going to get, but you're also going to get the positive reinforcement too, which is, which is good um, also. But, you know, I think it was just up to your own individual beliefs. Um, no guys in our locker room did it, but that doesn't mean that there's no guys in our locker room that think that, you know, um, think the same as as Kaepernick and whoever else was was kneeling. It, it seemed like it was a, a bold decision that Colin made, and I, I was critical of it at the time because I didn't. He had, he had feelings, he had thoughts, but I, I was wondering, exactly. I, are, okay, but it's like, what are you doing to give back? Then what are you yeah. what are you doing to try and make it right? Yeah. Um, and it seemed like over the over the time, uh, 
he hasn't softened his stance, but he chose instead of sitting to kneel. Yeah. Okay, so that was uh, that was kind of a different signing. Yeah. Well, he's not poking at the military here. He's just got some issues with how other issues are handled yeah. with law enforcement. I get that. He's starting to give money back. I get. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, but it, it seems like he's in, in an environment where it's it's it, it all the attention is on him because he's a bigger name, yeah. right? Maybe he's more polarizing of a figure. Yeah. I get the feeling that. It, 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 maybe if you did decide to kneel, I, I don't know if it would get the same attention. Being in Green Bay, I, 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 you know what I mean. I agree with you, just because. Um, yeah, you. He's a he, at the time, you know, he was uh, fighting for a starting position, which he did start, you know, the last couple weeks. But um, he's a bigger name, you know, playing the Super Bowl, quarterback in the league. Um, you know, it, I I just think that you don't really hear about the other guys that did it just because he was the first one to do it. Um, you know, he it was. And like you said, you know, there was a there was a bunch of. I, I think that when he did it at first, I was even like, "Whoa, like, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're, you know, disrespecting this, you're disrespecting that." But, um, kind of hearing his viewpoint and just you know, putting everything, opening your mind to to his beliefs, and you know what he was, why he was doing it. You know, you kind of realize, okay, that's. That makes more sense. So when he, you know, went from um, sitting down to kneeling, you're like, okay, you know, he he's not trying to disrespect anybody. He just wants people to realize. And so that's, I see where he's coming from. But you know, like I said, that's not something that I would um, partake in. I want to look ahead to the Atlanta game here. You guys are going to go on the road. It's been a while. It's been about five weeks since he had to travel for a game. And uh, Atlanta coming off uh, an overtime loss. Uh, obviously, the secondary, and you're in all those meetings. Uh, it's a little bit beat up. It's uh, you know, who knows who's going to be on the field, right? Uh, changes day to day, and uh, sometimes addition by subtraction. Uh, oh, by the way, it's a pretty vicious passing attack in Atlanta. I'm sure you're seeing that on tape. Mm-hmm. So, so, what can be done here, right? I mean, it, it, some people will say, "Well, you, you let Julio Jones get his, and you just don't let anybody else go so, off." But can you can you calm a guy like that down? You know he's playing at a high level. Um, I think it's safe to say he's the, you know, the best receiver in the game right now, just with the numbers he's putting up and, and all that stuff. And yeah, he's a threat. I mean, we gotta we gotta go out there. We gotta compete against him. I don't think it's anything like you know we gotta let him get his and, and stop everybody else. That's um, that's not our mindset. You know, this is a, this isn't basketball. We're not playing against MJ to where you know he's gonna get his forty points. Like we we understand Julio's a, a great football player, um, but we're gonna go out there and compete with, no matter who's out there. Um, I don't think that's a, a, a wrong thing to to say or a wrong thing to do. You know, we got yeah, we're short-handed in the back end, um, but yeah, I, I don't think that we're giving the credit to our coaches. Um, our coaches have been doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, you know, we we did do what we wanted to do against uh, Dallas, but the game before that against the Giants, we went out there with limited numbers, competed against a very good passing attack with really good receivers. We went out last week. Um, you know, the Bears. Yeah, uh, Hoyer got hurt. But that was a really good passing passing team, also. Um, so the coaches, man, they you know Joe Witt, um, Darren Perry, they've been they've been getting us ready. You know, they're used to dealing with guys like um, you know Vets, Wood, Tremont, uh, House, JV. You know those type of guys that have been in the been in the league for a while. Now you know you look at the corner room. Uh, I'm you know I'm sometimes in there, sometimes not. But when I am, I'm. You know, a four-year vet, and the next close to me is a uh, Meech at three, and then there's a bunch of guys with two years. So, you know, that's that's a whole different uh, spectrum than what he's been dealing with, and what Joe's been dealing with in the past. And so, you got to give those guys credit, man. They're they're doing their jobs. They're watching us film. They're getting us ready. They're um, telling us how we can go out there and, and attack the, the opposing offense. And um, you know, 
kudos to them. I don't know if it's a fair comparison. Um, sometimes in baseball you see a, a reliever who gets made into a starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they go back and, and they're a reliever at the end of the year. And, and my thought is, boy, that's a totally different mindset, right? Uh, you know, Every five days they're going to start versus I don't know when I'm going to be needed, but I'm ready when I am. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's a fair comparison, but is it? Is it any bit like that when you're you're changing positions on the field, you're in different meeting rooms and groups, and uh, you're safety one day, but you're a corner the next day out of necessity or a matchup or whatever the case may be? Yeah, man, that's that's I guess that's tough to answer. Um, I think that we all do a good job, of, no matter what room you're in, um, safety or corner room. We we entail the same um, entail the same things, I, and I think that relays from the top down. You know, when the when the coaches are in a a meeting together, you know, they're listening, they're they're thinking about how they can, you know, relay the message down to us. And when they do, it's it matches up similar from both rooms. So I think that if I'm in the cornerbacks room, then I'm getting the same message in that room that I would be in the safety room. And so um, obviously us players we talk a lot, you know, walkthroughs, um, meetings, all that stuff will we talk over some um, some plays and we talk over some some issues that, that might um, hurt us, I guess, but at the same time, you know, I think the coaches do a good job of relaying the same message in both rooms. What gets you going a little bit more? Is it is it making a pick or is it sacking the quarterback? It's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, I'm a DB, I want those interceptions, but when, when you know, when I get a sack, it's also, it's a, it's a, it's a big play, and that's what I want to do is create those big plays. Um, you know, obviously interception is, is what my job entails, but uh, then again, what is my job? I don't even, you know, I'm kind of that, that football player that's, that's all around, so if I can make a big play, that's what I want to do. So I'm, I'm just riffing here. Did, did you have the pick against Oakland that resulted in, in the fireman's carry swing in the end zone? <laughs> that was you, right? What, what? I don't know why. What happened? <laughs> Like I, 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 I was mad because I didn't get in the end zone. Next thing you know, I'm getting picked up, so I'm laughing because I'm like, why are you guys picking me up? I get to the sideline, and then I'm getting You had like four guys picking you up. Like, yeah, because why would you get a penalty? I'm like, what are you talking about? Did you just watch me get carried off the field? Like, I didn't see – I didn't do anything. So, so let's recap it. You make the pick. You don't quite get to the house, yeah. but – you're on the ground. Somebody picks you up, but if I remember right, there were like four guys, and like somebody had your feet, somebody had your shoulder He's pads. You, you're, you're <laughs> and then a flag came in, 15 yard on sportsman line. I'm like, what is going on right now? It was, it was, it was wild. It was pretty. You know, I was in the game, so it was pretty funny watching it on film. So, so when was the last time you were really yelled at by a coach? Oh man, like really yelled at? I mean, I think that. You know, now, like I said, you know, guys in the locker room are grown. So and most of the time, you've been playing football long enough to know, you know, when you messed up a play, when you did that. You know, you'll get that look or, or you'll get that call or, you know, whatever from the coaches now. But I think it's more it's more to respect that you don't, you know, no one honestly lays into each other and just straight cusses them. You know, that, that stuff doesn't really happen that um, in the NFL or on this team, just out of respect. But – in college, man, whew. I can remember sometimes I was playing nickel and I was supposed to run with the receiver. I didn't, and then I blitzed or I did something wrong. And, oh, man, my uh, my college coach, Coach Parker, let loose. <laughs> and, and someone actually took a picture of it. And so he's just spit, basically just on the side of my head, just 
spitting. I had my helmet on. I'm just giving that look like, dang, I know I messed up. And that was probably the last time where I just was like, oh, my gosh, somebody get me off this field right now and, and into the locker room. Yeah, that was probably Isn't that one of those times where you run off the field and you look for the coach and you try and go the other way? Yes, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and then you realize how fast your coach is yeah. to come and get in front of you? Yep, that's exactly what happened. See, that, that's why I did track and field in college. <laughs> that's all about effort, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you, you're the winner, you didn't. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no one yelling at you. No, there's no mind games. You're not going to – yeah, yeah. So that doesn't really happen much in the NFL, huh? I mean, I can see it happening maybe during the game, but during yeah. film session, it's more about trying to get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you mess – everybody's going to make mistakes. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, there's a lot more respect. And I'm not saying that the that my college coach didn't respect me. It's just a lot more – you know, I was younger. Um, it's just a brainless play. And so it's just a little bit different now. Um you know, you might get that look, like I said, or you might get a few things here and there, but um, watching film is a little bit more, uh, a little more calm. So what's what's trickier here? So if, depending where you are on the field, and sometimes you're sneaking up by the line of scrimmage, sometimes you're kind of moving to the slot, uh, sometimes you can kind of see it, you, you, it depends on where you're playing that particular game, uh, but tight ends that, that can motor down the middle of the field, yeah. running backs that can get out, uh, run that kind of wheel route kind of thing where yeah. – uh, what what's why is it so tricky in the middle of the field? It seems like you know, the sideline can be your friend and yeah. kind of be an extra defender. Middle of the field is because it just seems tough. Yeah, because if you make a if you in some defenses, if you if you make a mistake and and let them inside, you know you're not going to get help until you know possibly that corner on the very other side of the field. So it's just so much running room. Um, it, it's tough. It really is, and there's a lot of stuff that you know the offense try to do to work in the middle of the field, whether it's Double moves, or um, depending on you know other team game plans against you, also they're gonna know what what defense you were you, you're in, or you know how you are as a player. So they try to go against that, and uh, yeah, it's really tough. Is uh, is zone or man trickier to play, in your opinion? Hmm. Seems like there's a trust factor with zone, right? Yeah, there, there definitely is. Um, man is difficult, obviously, just because you're, you know, you're guarding that one guy, whether it's the receiver, the receivers in the league are, are um, very good. Tight ends are just freaking nature. It's huge. You know, a lot of guys can run down backs. Um, you know, you see your backs that that uh, flank out and they're quick as ever. So you know, everybody's tough um, guarding man to man. But zone. You know, it's uh, yeah, it is. It is a little stress. You gotta have um, faith in the guy next to you that he's gonna be in position. You know, and, and you're gonna be in position, and so it's a little tricky. Trick. Came into the league in 2013. As we finish things up here, four years in the league. What's been the low point of this entire journey for you? Low point. Hmm. I mean, I, I honestly wouldn't say anything is a is a low point. Uh, learning experience, yes, yeah, definitely learning experience. We talked about, you know, the same friend um, dropped interception. That was such a learning experience. That opened my eyes to to how um, public national football league is. Uh, you know, I and that was going into the all season. That whole all season, I just couldn't wait to get back on the field to play that first game, just because of you know what happened in that in that San Fran game. But what, what do you mean by that? What you, when you said how public the National Football League is, what do you mean by that? think how, how um, you know, it's with the media that comes with the National Football, you know, obviously those guys in the in the locker room, you know, every day after practice, ready to talk about stuff. Um, yeah, I mentioned social media, you know, on my Twitter, on my Instagram, 
Yeah, I, I posted, I'm just randomly saying something, but I posted a picture of, you know, these headphones right here, and people be like, oh, well, you shouldn't have bought them headphones when you could have, you should have caught the ball against Sanford. Like, you know, it's like, just a random <laughs> stuff. Like, this has nothing to do with, with that game. But, uh, you know, I was, I was a rookie at the time, and, and that just opened my eyes to, to so much more about, you know, the media and the, the, um, uh, I guess the, uh, the the backlash you would get for a mistake, you know, just just stuff like that. So it was tough. Well, I, I think it's it's part of why I love doing these interviews, mm-hmm. right? Because um, look, we get along great. We've always gotten along. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate you spending time with me like this. But but people, I, I think it's it's easy to fall into this trap to think that that athletes are robots, mm-hmm. right? That they're immune to pressure. Yeah. They're immune to to anything that would stir up emotion or, or feeling. Yeah. And when we talked about the Seattle game, my first thought goes to Brandon Boston. Yeah, sure. when, when dudes getting death threat letters from fans, it's like, what, what, is, what is wrong with people? I'm mad that, that we didn't get to the Super Bowl. And, and, it, and I'm not blaming him. There were so many plays in that game that went wrong that we just didn't, we, we didn't perform on. And so it's not, it's not anything directed towards him. It's just... And, and people take this game so seriously, you know, guys they've never met before, and it, it ruins their day, it ruins their month, it ruins their year. Like, it's, and to me, that's, I mean, you, you have your favorite football team, you, you know, you're a diehard, you're a diehard fan, but to me, it's all about respect. And I would, I would never go on anything and attack a, a man or attack anybody, you know, and and say, you know, as far as a death threat or, or anything like that. That to me, that it's just about respecting. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with that stuff. Well, I think it's interviews like this are an opportunity to, to show your human side, yeah, right? right? So, yeah. if somebody listening is likely part of a, a single parent household growing yeah. up, all right. So, there's a, a relation points that you don't get yeah. when you talk to the media just on Wednesday, right? Exactly. It's kind of okay. You've got exactly. your message points for the week, and you're focused on the game. And yeah. Atlanta's a great team, and and it's just kind of recirculation of quotes, so I appreciate stuff like this. We'll end on a high note. Uh, four years in the league, I asked you what the low point was. What, what's been the best part of this whole thing for you? Coming to work every day. Um, you know, I, I call it work, but it's it's a game that I've been playing for a long, long time. Um, an opportunity to, to come out here and meet these guys um, from all over. Um, just learn a lot. You know, it's, it's not just about football. Just learn a lot of you know about these guys and about the coaches and just everything. Um, and there's still times where I'll you know be sent to the house, get hungry. You know, it's nine o'clock at night. I'll come drive down Lombardi and down Oneida, looking for food, and I'll pass. You know, I'll, I'll pass Lambeau Field, and I'm just like, wow, like. I play in there, you know. I'm a part of this team, and it, it's still mind blowing to me. And, and I, don't, I don't think that um, it's ever going to sink in. Like this, you know, this this is you. But it, 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 I think that's what that's what keeps me humble is that um, that opportunity to to be here, um, help these guys out. They help me go out there and play football, and, and I can call this my job. Micah Richmond. Hyde, he's a New Year's Eve baby in 1990. Is he a defensive back? Yes. Is he a cornerback? Yes. Is he a safety? Yes. Is he a return man? Yes. More importantly, you're a good dude and you're a football player. Thank you, man. Mike, appreciate appreciate your time, man. Thank you, man. Thanks so much. No problem. That was awesome.